Hi, I'm Lauren. I'm Tia. And this is the Journey to Transformation. A special Camp Quirky mini-series. Welcome to the second story in our mini-series. Do you still have some Camp Quirky? Do you have like residual... Yeah, feelings, yeah. Feelings. You know, we met these people and they shared such unexpected stories. I still think about that I went in there with like, oh, I don't know what this is going to be about. And then just kind of fell into people's really heartfelt and honest stories about why they were connected to van life and that's really really cool yeah that part was incredible as you say i just also feel like a general sense of post festival blues oh yeah that's it i cut my wristband off the other day (laughs) you know people used to leave those on for years didn't you leave one on for a really long time (laughs) possibly (laughs) so our podcast is the new version of that feeling (laughs) so you can listen to these episodes again and again (laughs) instead of keeping your wristband on cut that stinky thing off it's time to just listen to the podcast and that's been the nice thing i think is just seeing people continuing to share comment um, and engage with each other in the camp quirky online spaces which i think is really sweet yeah really cool people just still sharing pictures videos and just really again saying the connection with other people was what brought them to camp quirky it's nice because it's keeping this podcast mini series really relevant we can just take our time (laughs) with the editing (laughs) it's true it's true (laughs) Tia, who is this story about today? We spoke with Helen. Helen, I mean, bad bitch alert. Just an absolute machine. We met Helen in the Black Can Swim talk, which for those of you who haven't listened to our kind of introduction to the Camp Corky mini series, go back and listen to that one because we talk a little bit about some of the talks we attended, some of our impressions. Lauren abandoned me to go play netball. So, you know, but I think, you know, meeting Helen felt very serendipitous to me. Great word. Thank you. She was just vibing. Winnie, who was the speaker talking about experience of swimming in Congo, growing up, not swimming in Congo, rather, and started that session with a dance energy building bit, which was fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it was just really lucky that we just happened to come across her in that tent and just start talking. And she walked back with us to our our van podcast space. And then, you know, just this unexpected story kind of spilled out. Can we call it the mobile pod lounge? Okay, (laughs) the mobile pod lounge. What did you take away from the conversation with Helen. That I am a terrible human being, have very little utility in the world, and I'm weak-willed. And Wow. And I think if I said that out loud to Helen, she would probably say something like, everybody's got value and you're a unique snowflake and contribution to the universe, which would make me feel even shittier just because she's so incredible. Mm. Do you know when you just like meet someone so amazing? Yeah, absolutely. I was blinded by how incredible she is and <laughs> the like way that she's training for her hundred kilometer track after suffering with cancer twice so i think then having the courage to step out and do a hundred kilometer walk there's an amazing amazing courageous and brave woman in that decision absolutely so here is helen telling her story i'm tia 
I'm Lauren. And I'm Helen. And this is the Journey to Transformation, the Camp Quirky Edition. <laughs> we met Helen in a tent, surrounded by hay, in a session called Black Can Swim. And we just fell in love. We fell in love, I think it's fair and to we say. We fell in love with your dance moves. Yeah, that's how it's done at festivals, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Exactly. <laughs> and as is the way, then we started to have a chat with Helen and you've got an amazing story. What is it? A hundred kilometers? kilometers track. <laughs> and where from? It's in Pembrokeshire. So it's along the Pembrokeshire coastline. Okay. Yes. Yeah, it should be nice, okay. weather permitting, but, yeah. you know, Wales has a tendency to be a bit wet, but, but, yeah. it, but it does make it lush and green, so there we go. This is my first track. So it's a charity track for the charity Copperfield, breast cancer charity. Copperfield, everyone, yeah, check it out. Check your breast, check your chest, check your pecs, everybody, go and Copperfield. Find a loving friend, a consenting friend, have go. them check. <laughs> yeah. I am doing it, so let's rewind my my why to, to doing this track. My mum died from breast cancer, her mum died from breast cancer. Her mum died from breast cancer. And I've got the BRCA gene. I thought I was destined to get breast cancer, but I got ovarian cancer because they are linked. And so at the tender age of 26, I had a full hysterectomy and partial bowel surgery and then was going through the menopause. Got that to look forward to, ladies. So yeah, that was rocky. Chemo and had all that recovered. Went back and because I was teaching in India at the time. Wow. Came back, started teaching in the UK and I was just like, hmm, this isn't quite what I had signed up for. Teaching in India is very different. I loved it. Teaching in the UK, not so much. (laughs) (laughs) stressful. And my cancer came back. So it came back in my lung. So I had surgery again to remove it, chemotherapy, went back to work, back to the kids, back to teaching. And I was on my knees. The kids were going out to break and I was taking taking my cancer medication, full on going through the menopause, forgetting things. Yeah. My brain was just not working. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? I've had how many generations of people showing yeah. me life's too short. I've known it myself. And here I am, stressed, tired. My nutrition had gone out the window. My self-care had totally gone out the window. And I was just like, no. And I went to the oncology waiting room and I sat with my friend, B, my my chemo buddy who's sadly no longer with us and she was like Helen what do you actually want to do with your life and I didn't even need to think about it I just I knew what I wanted to do I was like I want to buy a big white van I want to convert it with my dad <laughs> I want to go wherever the wind blows me and she looked me straight in the eyes and she was like why don't you do it and I was like why don't I do it why the fuck don't I do <laughs> it fee we all need yeah, we um, all need a fee we all need a fee we do <laughs> and so I went and I quit my teaching career Career that I'd done two postgraduates for, spent a hell of a lot of money, yeah, yeah, training, time, energy, quit it, felt so liberated, and then was just like, right. But meanwhile, he had passed away. I'd got a massive amount of grief. Mm. I was still having all these menopause symptoms and I had fatigue like no other. I was stressed, anxiety, fatigue. Not a nice combo. And whilst I was converting my van, so my van was kind of like my reason for getting up and my, my dad was very good and we did it. And, and then I got yeah, on the road. Where did you go first? I went to Ireland. It was winter. <gasps> the van uh, life community was kind of like migrating south, following the sun. <laughs> yeah, where am I going to go? I'm going to go west. Yeah. I'm going to go to Ireland. <laughs> yes. So I landed in Ireland and then I happened to be in a town called Greystone mm. where the happy pair, the two Irish vegan chefs they got a shop anyway they Amazing. sunrise swim 
every morning there's this community of swimmers and they sunrise <laughs> swim. I love this. Oh no gosh. matter what time of year it is, it's at sunrise. You go there, you meet this community. And I was like, right, I'm doing it. It was December. It was oh. the first hard frost that I had on my van. And I was like, oh, I'm awake now. Oh, I'll go down. I'll go down and look at the sea. I'll go down and look at the sea. I just, just check. I just check. And I tell you what, I got all my blankets. I got all my coats on. And uh, kind of like, look, and I, I could turn around the corner and the sea's there. It's as calm as anything. The sun's rising. I'm like, hmm, it does look kind of inviting. <laughs> so cool. I can let it go. So in I get. And then I felt amazing momentarily. <laughs> I mean, I let you run as me. Yeah. I felt smug as fuck that I'd done it. And the community down there was lovely. They gave me hot teas afterwards. Oh, lovely. But I was so tired. I got out the rest of the day. I couldn't speak. I couldn't feed myself. The fatigue wow. just seeped in. <sighs> to every cell anybody that's had fatigue when that is just totally different to being tired but I got such a buzz from it I was like right I'm gonna go the next day so I went the next day and I was a little less tired and I went the next, and then the day, next day and I was a little <laughs> less tired yeah. <laughs> until it totally changed my life and I no longer wow. have such crippling, debilitating fatigue, this which brings me back. Having gone on a massive tangent. I know, we love tangents. So yeah, yeah. Feel free. Comes down to the trek and why I'm doing it. The trek came up and I was like, I can't walk that far. And I still do get fatigued, but not in that debilitating way. And I was like, right, this for me is the next step. It's something to aim for. I'm going to have to do the training for this because I can't walk 100 kilometres in five days up mm. and down like the Pembrokeshire coast. No, sorry. <laughs> so I have been training Amazing. and I'm heading down to the White Sisters. The White Sisters, the White Cliffs. What are they? Yeah, the, cliffs? Yeah. the Seven Sisters. Yeah, the White Cliffs. Seven yeah. Sisters may or may not be white. white they're White Cliffs. <laughs> and yeah, I'm just going to go up and down those for a bit. I'm getting fit and I need to sort out my fatigue. And yeah. so, yeah, that's what I'm doing. And so I spent the month of March doing cold dips, no tits, and doing some <laughs> fundraising <laughs> oh, having wow. a mastectomy. <laughs> as well. So, I yeah. Mean, but there's always like a counterintuitive thought there that throwing yourself in cold water like that that surely that can't deal with your fatigue but that's really cool and it's helped so many people you go down and you meet at the water's edge yeah. you don't know there's there's no society yeah. hierarchical everybody's equal because everyone's in their swimming trunks and yeah, their swimming costume yeah. and there's no judgment yeah. and so many people have got well everyone's got a story haven't they but it's healed so many souls the cold water and I thought for a time that it was just the cold water mm. but it made me really that it, it's the community that comes with it as well. Yeah. The laughter, it's the That's hugs, cool. it's the tea, it's the cake, it's the yeah. chat. And it's that time away. And it really is special. The swimming community really is a special place. How does that compare to the van life community? I think it's very similar in the way. It's nice because it's like-minded people. It's people that you wouldn't necessarily meet ordinarily mm. in your workplace or your friendship groups. Yeah. It's people... Like you guys that I would not have normally yeah. come across apart from in a tent at a festival, <laughs> yeah. you know? And, and it's different generations yeah. and different backgrounds. Yeah. And 
It's people swapping their stories. I think both are equally special communities. I think that's one of the things that we've been really excited about is to talk to people about communities and community building and how powerful it is. And one of the things we've been chatting about is the van life community and how cultures are built around Mm. shared values. But how do you create these shared values and this massive disparate community where everybody's coming from all over the place? And I can imagine that for the sunrise swim, it's very similar. Like all of the people are coming unified around a rejuvenating, life-giving thing, but you all are coming at it from the same equal footing, the same appreciation for what it yeah. all means to be there, even though the stories are different, which is yeah. great. Yeah, it's just amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but it's beautiful, isn't it? And that's the beautiful thing about social medias and stuff. It's connecting, having that connection. You can see the connections from everybody's like tiny little grids and whatever. And you know that it's right. Okay, you're like-minded. And it's like, well, how can we meet up? Like I've met up with people in vans that I would never have dreamt of befriending. And yeah. it's just it's like yeah. a, a road in, isn't it? Road now it's in. like some of my best friends are people that I've met from the van life community. We found a group of solo female travellers who all met together in a Sainsbury's parking lot before coming here so that they could all be in the same space. And they're like, we've never met each other before. We've just been on Facebook together, communicating, and now we're all together and loving each other and hugging and cuddling yeah, and cruising yeah. around together. And Lauren said to me last night, she was like, oh, it just feels so Yeah, warm I couldn't help it. Yeah. And, like, yeah. and like, all three of us have directly just put our hands on our yeah. hearts. Yeah. Like, you know, it really is, that is about? Isn't it? yeah. It's a feeling, and it is a feeling, isn't it? Like, it's an internal kind of like, you yeah. just feel that love. And there's a lot of gratitude, I think, yeah, around the, in these communities absolutely yeah it's, it's great that you pointed that out because after you said it i was like oh we did all put our hands yeah. on our phone, I know. Yeah. it's just there's something really centering about it for me the thing that's always interesting is the diversity piece this is a very monochromatic group of people right <laughs> bless them there's a lot of white faces here the thing for me that's interesting is what's this dynamic what's this space and if i can be an advocate for anything it's that hey Brown people, it's all right. They're all right. Space is here. They're okay. This is a good community. And I don't give that endorsement lightly, but universally Mm. in all of the band spaces I've been in, in all of the interactions as a woman, as a queer woman, as a queer woman of color, this is a really weirdly open, welcoming, generous community. Mm. I've had people offer help, offer support, offer advice. Sometimes it's in a weird mansplainy way, but that, you know, that's just men doing weird stuff. But generically, it's Mm. just there's something about this community I think is good so brown people get out there you, you've yeah. got my endorsement come on and what a fun session that Winnie did yeah it's beautiful <laughs> Anybody How do you know that, Winnie? I, I know Winnie through Instagram <laughs> social media so I followed Winnie and then the UK Wild Swimmers posted my cold dips no tit and then Winnie was like yay with all her lovely energy and so she started following me and then posted Amazing. my things and that's how it goes isn't it yeah, yeah. This is social media for the social good. Exactly. <laughs> I just love the nuance of wild swimming meets van life. For us, it's almost like humanitarian world meets van life. You all are, have your toes in different worlds mm. and they all merge in some way or another. We're not all just van life. We have other pockets that we bring. I feel like it also enriches all the other spaces. Yeah. Absolutely. Which is a really curious combination of things. Like It's a weird recipe that somehow works. Well, it doesn't just work. It, it works really well and it, 
it sparks conversations because yeah. you've already got that common ground. Yes, you you have a van, you live in a van, or you want to kind of like yeah. make it your full time yeah. thing, and then that sparks other conversations about what other people are bringing the ta- yeah. to the yeah. table, yeah. like different awarenesses. I, I like always it. think that your starting place is everybody wants to have a conversation about a common starting place. Mm. So when I look around, I just see a load of vans, right? So automatically, so you're into vans, yeah. <laughs> and then for yeah. some reason, all of the other stuff seems to flow really easily even yeah. if I'm just like oh I'm a consultant for not for profits people are like oh that's really interesting you know yeah. and then it becomes this weird conversation that seems to flow and stick no matter who yeah. I'm talking to but I'm just reflecting that in the not for profit space people we meet I don't find that they have that same entry point as they do here because that's do the only the thing they do yeah yeah when people Boring. only do not for profit I'm like oh. <laughs> van life is like the starting point and then it kind of mm. folds out like ripples and a yes exactly and indeed so many niche talks here like dog nomad life composting every kind of thing you could think of yeah it's yeah. great isn't it yeah if you had to add a talk that's not here now what would you add <laughs> oh you put me on the spot well maybe not a talk but a session because i'm now retraining so when i quit my job i was like oh, i'm just going to meet people that inspire me and that get good vibes from i put my faith in the universe people were like what you can do like yeah. they were more panicked than i was and i was like i'm just gonna follow my heart see what happens and see what lands now i'm a breathwork practitioner i do ayurvedic mm-hmm. yoga massage and laughter nice. yoga and reiki so <gasps> maybe i put yoga. a nice fashion bag on i'm like Yeah, and I love this pivot of what's going to make me happy, what's going to fulfill me. One of the things that I'm really interested in from an organizational perspective. Now we're talking about organizations and stuff like that. But the thing that I find really annoying about organizations is that it's so hard to change direction. And I think that also stems from like organizations are people, right? So people getting stuck and finding it hard to change direction. So the idea of I'm a teacher, I'm going to train as a teacher, life events, I'm going to just do something that makes me happy. I'm Mm going to change completely and do something different because that's the thing that I now feel is fulfilling. It's such an inspiring piece because I think it's so unique. And that's the thing. If anything comes across, I want it to be don't wait for a life changing event to yeah. do what makes you happy and that sounds very cheesy no, but, but you know so many people are in stressful jobs or relationships that they're not happy with and I know it's really hard to change and quitting teaching was the hardest decision I ever made there was a lot of tears I made it sound like oh yeah I'm just gonna quit my job but there were a lot of tears there were a lot of ums and ahs and I was like fuck I spent a lot of money whatever whatever but at the end of the day if you're not happy in what you're doing whatever it is then something's got to give if you don't do something about it it might be your health yeah. I, I need to like listen to this on repeat yeah. like just to remind myself <laughs> amazing it's been yeah. so good to chat to you yeah thanks for thank having you. me so lovely to meet you randomly in the middle of hay yeah. literally uh, in the middle of hay yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> brilliant amazing yeah. well I'm Tia. I'm Lauren. And I'm Helen. And this has been the Journey to Transformation, the Camp Corky 2022 edition. Thank you, Helen. All right. Thanks for having me. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Journey to Transformation. Leave us a five-star rating and a written review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Journey to Transformation is written and edited by us, Tia Rogers and Lauren Burrows. Our music comes from Praz Canal.